Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts, uh, Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. How, how are we doing this week, Tom? I'm doing all right, Josh. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I am in my new place. You are. Hooray! Do you know the, the funny thing is, right, you're in your new place and, and I'm sure it's great, but it looks exactly the same from my <laughs> end. <laughs> Excuse me. The case of the bookcase of games was much closer in my old setup. That's true. Um, yeah, it's 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 all new. It's all it does new. it does make me chuckle though that it is almost like with with a few very minor differences. It does almost look like you've teleported <laughs> everything over directly behind you in the same positions. I mean, yeah, of course, because this is like my office space that I'm in, and I know what I'm having in my office space. That is my computer setup, and my collection of games. Sure. So, yeah, of course it is. I'm not judging. I have the exact same setup. Yeah, there we go. So, yes, uh, it's good to have the the wall of games back, although it's not quite complete. I need to... Um, I've still got a stack of stuff to sort out. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah, it's a, the, the house is chaos at the moment. But that's, that's allowed. That is, that is normal... For given that I moved in yesterday, so yeah, that's um, fair. I'll let you. I'll let you off this time. Oh, this is this this time. It's one occasion. And before we we hit record, uh, record there. Tom was laughing at the fact that he was looking at my shelves. Now, normally, actually, my bottom shelf previously was where I put all my terrain for for Warhammer and Forty K. Uh, but I've got a massive cupboard under the stairs now, so that's where that's going. Nice. But uh, he was laughing because he can see that shelf, and on the shelf is evidence that I fell for the same Ponzi scheme that he did. In my copy of Dreadfleet is there. I didn't fall for it, mate. I sold it. <laughs> yeah. Did you not buy one? No. I got given one. Uh, oh, right. I can't remember who gave me one, but uh, yeah, I got given one a few years afterwards. Fair enough. I did not buy I'm, a Dreadfleet. I might get around to painting it. At some point, well, mine isn't even assembled, let alone painted. I think most of it's oh. still in the uh, the plastic wrapping that it comes in. Okay, nice dedication to the cause. I'm gonna go. one one day it will spike in value, and I will. It won't. <laughs> I, I, I will. It's a supply and de- like simple supply and demand, and there is no demand. <laughs> Although it, it's funny, actually, like look thinking about like old. Um, boxed games i don't know what brought this uh, to mind the other day but i was thinking of hero quest and i used to have hero quest as a kid and i kind of thought it'd be cool to have like not the redone version of it yeah. but like the original a copy of the original version oh my that goes for some money yep yep even like poor condition ones go for surprisingly high amounts the, like, the bad condition ones are going for at least £100. Yeah. And like, like the good condition ones, you, you can get into the, the many hundreds for some of those. Yeah, if, if, if um, I dread to think what like a sealed copy mm. would be worth. 
So if anyone out there is listening has a sealed copy of uh, Hero Quest and is well, willing to sell it to me for for buttons, just, you know, hit me up. If anyone out there is willing to forego hundreds of pounds for Josh, hit him up. The thing is, like, and this might offend your fragile sensibilities, Josh, but I don't think Hero Quest is that good, to be honest. It probably isn't. It's... It... It... it, it it would be a purchase for me on pure nostalgia. Yeah, and like I, I, I'm a big fan of nostalgia. I'm a big sure. defender of nostalgia. I think nostalgia actually does hold a lot of value. But yeah, I think as a game, it's probably not the best. I, I haven't played it since I was like thirteen. Yeah. So I have no idea whether it's actually a well-designed, fun game or not. But I think it's it's probably fun. But I think comparatively to what's available nowadays, it's, it's not going to stack up at all. And I mean, even even to its own sort of detractors, like Warhammer Quest, I always thought was better than, than Hero Quest, the original Warhammer Quest. Yes. Um, and then like you look at obviously like the newer stuff as well, you know, like Curse City and uh, Blackstone Fortress and uh, the, the Warhammer Quest, you know, Silver Tower in that as well. Arguably, you know, you could say they're be- better, certainly production-wise they're better, because good God, those minis are not, not good from the uh, the first gen stuff. No. <laughs> no. Although they are quite iconic, I would say. Iconic like, does not mean good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, no, I am going to defend them. I'm going to... Okay, I've picked a hill to die on. Okay. And die see, you will. <laughs> yeah, and die I will. No, right, because... And this is just for old miniatures in general. I do... I genuinely think they have a lot of character to them. Which, I, I I absolutely admit, from a technical point of view, new minis nowadays are significantly better on almost every like measurable uh, axis. But I think something is lost in the fact that they are either mostly or entirely like CAD design, like CAD built. Um, I think the fact that these little hand sculpted miniatures. I don't know. There's a little bit of um, at the risk of sounding a bit like a hippie. There's a bit of the the sculptor's soul goes into that. If you so, know what I mean. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying because I don't think that old models are necessarily bad. Um, and I I actually agree with you. I think hands there is something to hand sculpted miniatures that has been lost a little bit in uh, your sort of computer aided design and and all your kind of digital modeling. Um, mm. I agree with you on that front. My issue with the Hero Quest minis specifically, as as well as some of the older minis that they they mirror, is one they are very flat because of the the way that they were molded at the time. Sure, um, yeah, that was uh, that was a limitation of yeah. like injection mold uh, plastic right, exactly, at that right. point because they were one pieces, so they would be molded and they would all have to be on the same. Excuse plate. me, excuse me, the gargoyle you had to assemble. All right. You have to attach his wings to the main body. Okay, the gargoyle was different. Um, <laughs> but I think even going off people doing the the handcrafted stuff, at that point in time, the designs were still a lot blockier. They were still a lot bulkier, and mm. they did, you know, even with hand sculpting, they made a, a lot of leaps and bounds in being able to make them a lot more natural looking and and. 
sure better fit yeah stuff. you can you can tell like uh, the difference between a miniature sculpted in like the 80s compared to like the 90s compared to the 2000s so i actually right. have a very incomplete copy of hero quest that i was i was given uh and it had the hero models uh a few bits and pieces but like doesn't have enough to play it um mm-hmm. but i have all the hero models and like they they're terrible like they are, i i appreciate no they come iconic, on but they're terrible come on no like the barbarian like the classic sort of conan style it's, with his broadsword garbage hold, hold on i have to make i have to whip out the meme as well go broadsword <laughs> it is the barbarian garbage. with his broadsword no it is garbage <laughs> the 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 wizard looks terrible oh like, come on they're, they're terrible mate you are i love what i love what i love is that dwarf is just a class yeah yeah class you're, and race you're, you're, that yeah that's that's your job you're a dwarf yep <laughs> like... i think elf was the same at one point as well like mm-hmm. elf he was the same in D as well like y- you know what are you playing? I'm a ranger. What are you? An elf. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Guess you don't have a job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... I'm, I'm sorry. Like you're, you're looking at it through rose-tinted glasses here, mate. They are not great models. They are iconic, and they, they led to a lot better models. But they I'm are not just, great. All I'm saying is that there's a certain charm to them. There is a charm, but charm doesn't mean great. I don't know. I, I I clearly put a lot more stock in charm than you did. Which is weird because you don't have any. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh man! That wow! <laughs> I'm just gonna sit in silence for a bit while I recover from that. Jeez! Oh man! It's been a while. I've not I've not been able to hit you with one for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hit me! You did, Jesus. I've been quite nice to you for a few episodes, to be fair. You have, actually. I, 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 do you know what? This is your game, isn't it? You're nice to me for a while just so that it hurts that little bit more when you, like, go for it. Oof. It's all about lulling you into a false sense of security, letting your guard down a little bit. You just relax mm. into it. And then straight to the gut. Is there a retro... Just ignoring what you just said there. Is there a retro game that you would be interested in, like, picking up again? Yes. If I could get uh, a, a copy of second edition Warhammer, which was my first box set I ever got, I would really like that. Like, a really good co- copy of, of second edition Warhammer 40,000. With... Right, there we go. Okay. Because I was, I, I was racking my brain there, and I was thinking, did, did they have a box set for... Second edition Warhammer Fantasy. Oh no, no, no. it's forty thousand. Um, okay, that was like that was the set I started with. I still remember, like, I have a very vivid memory of when I got interested in Warhammer uh, and Warhammer forty thousand. I'd gone into a games workshop in Manchester with my my mum, and I'd I'd been just badgering my mum about it so much as like a I was like l- very early teens, if if not like eleven or twelve, and I just like badgered the hell out of her. And eventually she kind of broke. And I remember she sat me down in the living room with the Argos catalogue. We were sat on the floor uh, and we like found the section that had Warhammer because we didn't have a games workshop where I lived. We found mm-hmm. the section that had Warhammer in it and they had like uh, the the main boxes and a few, like a very, very small selection of other boxes. And this was before we realised that there was actually a shop in, in Burnley that did sell Warhammer. Mm-hmm. And um, I pointed, she, she pointed at, I remember it was 
Warhammer 40k. Uh, it was, I want to say maybe Warhammer Quest, uh, and maybe something else. I think there might have been three boxes. Um, Would it have been Necromunda? Might have that been Necromunda. Might have been. That well. was out at a very similar time to yeah. like second edition 40k. And I was really torn between. I remember 40k and the other one, which was definitely a fantasy one. It wasn't third edition because third edition came out when I was already playing it. Um, but I remember I was really torn between the two of them, and I was like, mm, I'm gonna go for for this one. And then my mum took me down. Sorry, I've given you the entire recount. Go for it. No, no, I love uh, this. I, my mum, like, we we lived about a 20-minute walk from the town centre. And my mum walked me down and I was just, like, buzzing the whole time. I was like, because I was a very excitable child, which is weird if you meet me as an adult. Um, you, you, but, are, you are, like, the opposite of excitable yeah. as an adult. You I got like, all oh, of your God. life's excitement out of the way <laughs> in your formative years, clearly. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get this game. It's going to be amazing. And then we got it and I carried it home and uh we got it home and this is the downside of not having a local uh games workshop folks because we opened it and i didn't have any clippers and i didn't have any glue uh Ooh, and it, no. it you could sort of clip it together because they were very basic models because it yes. was the old space rings that you pushed the gun in and that was it but like it was all quite loose and that uh so i kind of put it together and i was really excited and then, <laughs> and then my mum to her credit tried to play it with me and just couldn't like she just couldn't figure it out oh so, i mean it, like hats off to your mum though for yeah. giving that a go 100 percent um a second edition warhammer 40k was no slouch either uh yeah i mean fortunately you don't have vehicles in that starter set because if you did my god well you the have the rules, cardboard uh, cutout orc dreadnought Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, the Orc Dreadnought standard. That would give the Orcs a chance. Yeah, very <laughs> much. Um, and yeah, that was that was it, really. I think we found out a few weeks later that there was like a store that I actually ended up working at when I was a teenager that sold... Uh, like. This is the toy shop, isn't it? You mentioned Ben's, it previously. Ben's toy shop in Burnley. Yeah, it's not there anymore, unfortunately. But uh, oh, it's private. Like, it was a little, sad. little toy shop. It was. It was really sad. Um, it closed down when I was in my late 20s, I think. Um, but yeah, it was quite sad because I worked there for donkeys. I worked there for like four years all through like college. And uh, even when I was in my first year at uni, when I went home for summer, after the first year, I went back to work in there as well for a few months because uh, mm. it was easy. It was easy money. Yeah. And they, it was so, so old how they ran things that you actually got your pay on a Saturday, at the end of your Saturday shift, you got an envelope with money in it like you would have you would have actual notes and like coins and coppers in a wow. in a brown envelope that you would get on the end of your saturday shift um and, and the yeah. tax man knew nothing about it i think they i think they kept books because i think we did actually get taxed i think there was like you had a little pay slip mm. in it and i think it did have like your tax deductions on it okay so it wasn't dodgy like backhanders um they were all like running all their books but they were actual books as well because this was like it was only a little private, like, mum and pa, like, own shop. Uh, it was yeah. an old couple that ran it, and they actually kept physical books and things. So there you go. little uh, trip down uh, Tom's early years of uh, employment and 40K. <laughs> <laughs> 40K and employment coming at not the first time, not the last time it would come at a cross-section for you as well. But nope. 
Uh, just on another note, while you were while you were speaking, that I've had a quick uh, shifty on eBay. Now I haven't been able to find. Uh, ta- this is this this listing is a lie as well because I'm looking at the photograph and so it it this listing describes itself as Warhammer 40k Second Edition starter set plus Dark Millennium on sprues. Now it's not entirely all on sprues. Okay. I can see so. Some of it has been assembled. But how much do you think this guy is asking for that? A couple of hundred? £379.95. Jesus. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. Nostalgia ain't cheap. Nope. No, it is not. But it's like you say, it's, it's supply and demand. And unfortunately, the, the supply for things like that in, in any kind of decent condition is is slim to none. Because you can guarantee there are copies of that. And I know mine is, is one of them. It would have just got thrown out at some point in time. Yeah, you know, and it kind of because they've done it with books, right? Mm. Games Workshop have like reissued things like first edition forty k and like the the two chaos supplements, the original chaos supplements that came out. Yeah, they've reissued those books. They could make an arm and a leg if they did like a like a, like it was. Um, like they've done for some of their releases where they just uh, manufacture to order. Yeah. Like, if they did second edition 40k, that would be just a license to print money. Like, I, I think they could probably charge 150 quid. Yeah. And people would be like, I want that. I want this, like, reproduction copy. Well, a lot of, like, um, like Call of Cthulhu and Wizards of the Coast and stuff like that as well, they do print-on-demand stuff where mm-hmm. you can get really old content and it's just like reprints of it basically but apparently I've, I've seen some sort of stories on the internet where the quality is not that great because they've basically taken very high quality photocopies fundamentally like very high copy yeah. scans and then relayed them in but because the way books were bound then is different to how books are bound now what you find quite often is that, like stuff gets stuck in the seam like that you can't read Ooh. it basically because Back in in the day, they would do very weak spines, so you could like sure. basically bend the book back on itself, kind of thing. Whereas now they'll do a, a tighter bind, which means you don't have as as much pull back on it, so you can't get into the the inseam, which is really problematic with maps because yeah. the map will connect across pages, and you can't get to like the the central part. Of yeah, it. like the one bit that your game is focused on yeah. is in the spine. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, but it is good, you know. At least there's, I think you can get like the original um, Ravenloft module and stuff like that from mm. from the old editions and stuff, which is really cool. And it's nice that that's there, um, that you can get it. But I suppose it is, you know, it's never going to be the, the same because it's it's not the same. No, no, that's true. Anyway, we have uh, pontificated enough for a bit. Uh, we're going to pontificate more, but on a specific subject now, on a planned subject, in that uh, last weekend, uh, on the 30th of October there, uh, it was Warhammer Day, and as Games Workshop is wont to do, they have uh, revealed a load of upcoming releases, so Tom and I are going to discuss them uh, for the rest of the episode, basically. <laughs> Um, so if you're not interested in Games Workshop releases... Yeah, now's the time to, like... Probably, probably end the episode. Off, but, uh, uh, you, you can, you however, do... follow us on Patreon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to 
to hear other content or more of the same content, follow us on Patreon. We're very <laughs> grateful for our, our Patreons. So, uh, so link link in the description below, etc. Hit uh, hit like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, should anyway. we uh, should we start with with what I'm most excited about? Uh, well, it was the first reveal as well, so that makes sense. So uh, on, on you go, Tom. I'll let you take this one. Thank you. So uh, this was kind of uh, at the very start, and I'm, I'm I feel they led with the best personally. Uh, so they have announced uh, a new uh, box set that's coming out, uh, and a couple of new codexes, codices. Um, codices. That we covered this in a previous episode. <laughs> it's definitely codices. Uh, so they are releasing Codex Adeptus Custodes, which is great, uh, but we'll move on past that. Uh, and they're also <laughs> no really- wait, Tom. Tom, I want to talk more about the Golden Boys. I don't think you do. Uh, I actually, I actually really like. Um, Adeptus Custodes, I think they're 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 quite cool. They're one of those ones that I'm like, I don't ever feel they should have been an army because to me they're like Earth defenders, right? They're supposed to be like basically standing in front of the Emperor pretty much. Uh, but I understand they've expanded beyond that now and they're their their own thing and, and fair play to them. Um, well, and and sort of in design and mechanics of that army, they are somewhat unique for 40k in that they are the super elite army. Mm-hmm. Like the, the there's the old um, I re- I remember <laughs> someone posting a meme of like where where <laughs> when your opponent shows up with a two thousand point custodies army and it's just a shot from ep- the episode one the opening scene of one of the trade federation guys just going this is ridiculous now there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, like the, the the box set they've revealed, I I did find quite funny, but we'll we'll get onto that in a moment. Yeah, and but perhaps most excitingly, uh, the other side of it is the uh, reveal of the Gene Stealer Cult's uh, new codex. And, yeah, uh, and a miniature as well, uh, which is included in the box. So the box they've announced is Shadow Throne, a bloody war of ter- Talon and Tendril, which is really cool because it's basically the, the narrative is that the Gene Stealer cults have got real close to home uh, mm. with their most recent infiltration, uh, which is obviously on brand for them. Uh, and the uh, Adeptus Custodes are holding the, the line at the back, pretty much. Uh, so I think to your point that you're, you're probably hinting towards is in this box, we've got kind of a, a picture of the content and you've got sort of quite a few Gene Stealer cult minis, some some different characters and stuff. And then on the Adeptus Custodes side of it, you've got <laughs> like nine <laughs> models. <laughs> um, Did you know what? Actually, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know how the Custodes work. Those Gene Stealers don't stand a chance. No. Like, the, those, the, the, those Custodes are going to bloody paste them. So I will say in the Gene Stealers defense you're, you're right i suspect they are probably going to get knocked up and up and down the, the battlefield but they do have the uh patriarch which is mm. solid that is it patriarch I run is that. a nasty model i run that in my list and gene stealer cults aren't the best as as i have spoke about although i have won a game with them but they are that model <laughs> if it hits it hits yeah hard. yeah he's nasty uh, but yeah, so they've got the the things that uh, come out as well. The two new models that are coming out in this set. So there is uh, the 
new Adeptus Custodes model, uh, which is it's like a Crusade Blade Champion. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's a new character type for them? Uh, who can switch between three different fighting styles? Uh, a colossal. Uh, uh, no, uh, he could take down colossal monsters, skilled leaders, and swarms of lesser creatures. So I suspect he's going to have like. A range of different attacks to deal with different yeah, multiple di- like multiple attack profiles. Yeah, basically, so that's guessing. pretty cool. And then for the uh, Gene Stealer cults, there's this really nice new model. Um, she looks great. Yeah, which like, is uh, they've given her a name. Uh, they've called her Mercia Thrake. Um, I don't know if if she's going to be a named character or if that's just the name they've given to this particular model in the box perhaps um but she's a they have, saboteur yeah they, they've done this previously in that like they'll, they'll name models but they're not like named characters in the the codex okay like, okay yeah because cool. um, i can think of a couple of necron and blood angel examples okay that's good um, but i like that though it's kind of it, it's neat that they, they, they give you like something to work with if you yeah. want to uh, or otherwise, they can just be your, you know, whatever your commander in your your army. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm I'm super psyched about this because obviously it means for me, new uh, codex for my gene stealer cults in the new edition, which is a great position to mm-hmm. be in, uh, and it's sooner than I expect it was going to be, which I'm psyched about. Uh, potentially a new model as well. I won't be getting this box because I've got every model that's in it, with the exception of that one. Um, but you know she will get a, a release separately at some point well i, I was going to say like the nice thing is you can probably you'll be able to pick her up from like troll trader or ebay or something so or i can just wait till she gets released officially <laughs> um, or you could do that they don't uh, always they don't always do that they they sometimes or they sometimes wait years i think i think she'll get released Within a few months is my okay. my gut on it because I suspect. Tenna says she doesn't. She's good. all right. <laughs> I tell. All right. Okay. As our audience has our witness, right? A few months. Define a few months. Uh, four months. Four months. Okay. Yep. Within release of the this box. box set. Yep. She'll hit okay. the market. Okay. Ten, says they don't do that. All right. Tenna's on. There uh, we go. Tune in, folks, <laughs> to find out the exciting outcome of this uh, on-air bet. Um, yeah, and um, you made me lose my train of thought. Uh, yeah, the other thing I was going to say <laughs> what I do best. is obviously my gene stealers are, are being painted up uh, mm. slowly but surely. So I will hopefully have those back in time to utilize this codex, uh, which I'm really excited about. What are you what uh, what are you hoping to see from the codex other than just them being better? I would just like a bit more. I I don't think they're terrible, is the thing. Um, when I've played them, I I was getting a feel for how they work, and they don't stack up to other armies in a lot of ways. I think there just needs it to be a little bit of point balancing for some of them, mm-hmm. um, and. For me, yeah, what what are the big guys called? Because they're like way overcosted. The abomination chance. Yes. Yeah. Because they, they are good. They're good. They're but just they too they pricey. cost far too much for yeah. what they are. Yeah, they're like I think they're more than a space marine. Like each one of them is more than a space marine, and they don't rack up to a space marine like pound for pound. Like if they mm. get into combat, they're nasty. But you can gun them down relatively easily um, with enough firepower. Uh, so that and and they're close combat enemies. So, you know you've got to get across the field, and and I know that's easier in 
games now because the field's usually a bit smaller. But um, it's still a lot. I suspect that they'll give um, the cult, the Gene Steel cultists, like a lot of tricks to like get across the board without being shot at and and the like as well. I mean, like, the cultist list does have its own fair share of shooting as well, mm. um, so they're not without that. The thing, the thing for me that's kind of always been a, a bit annoying is they're they're a very they're a fairly swarmy army. Like you can do mm. kind of elite with the gene stealers and the abominations and things, but for the most part, you're going to have quite a lot of little dudes. Yeah. Um, but you've you've got a limited number of character slots without like going to town, you know, and having like multiple um, groups, you know, um, to to have enough characters. And, and with the exception of the the patriarch, your characters are fairly like they're decent. But they're not amazing, and I would sure. I would like it, and I don't know how they'd do it, but I would have liked it to be able to take more characters. Because well, they, so they've done it for a few of the. Uh, I know for a fact they've done it with Death Guard. Yeah, because like that's one of the armies I collect. But I think they've done it with some of the other armies where you can take multiple characters as like one slot in your roster. Okay, that's cool. So that that's a way to do it because. With Death Guard, you can it's like the elite characters rather than the HQ characters. You can take like up to three as like one slot. Yeah, so I I kind of want to see some of those characters pushed into like different mm-hmm. slots because I have all the characters pretty much, and some of them like I'd love to take them, but you're just not going to take them in place of like things like your your patriarch or sure. you know your your magus and stuff like that, and it's like it, it's just not. They're not applicable enough. Whereas, if you could put them in like an elite slot where you've got a bit more room, you'd be mm. you'd be more inclined to take them. Although you do put your gene steals and your abominations in elites as well, but you're only maybe going to have one or two squads of them. So yeah, and, and you get a lot of elite slots as yeah. well. So so yeah, that's kind of my that's my ten cent on it. Uh, do you want to move on to the next one since I've talked about that one for ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, so next up, they revealed. For Age of Sigmar, we've got a new battle tome coming out for Maggotkin of Nurgle. And this was a little bit of a surprise for me. I didn't think they would be revisiting the Maggotkin in, like, the new edition this soon. I don't know what is going on with Games Workshop at the moment. And I don't dislike it because I'm a big Nurgle fan. But they seem to have a real thing for Nurgle over the last couple of years. I think think Nurgle is... Either the favorite or second favorite Chaos God, mm-hmm. like among fans, and I can understand why. It's it's a it's a really interesting Chaos God, and they've got some mm. lovely, lovely horrible models. Um, yes, but like yeah, I, I was a bit like you. I was a bit like okay, uh, another Nurgle book. Fair enough. I guess we can have some more. Uh, but I think it's good because. The Maggot King haven't really been touched on since the end times, have they? They were kind of released. They, then they had they had an Age of Sigma battle tome, and they released some new models with that. Okay. But that was that was a while ago, and the the model range isn't actually that big. No, when you when you look at it, um, well, right, it's, it's they get the access guys, to all it? of the demons. Is yeah. the thing so they they can get away with only having like a small number of kits for just that faction because they can just take all all of the Nurgle demons anyway yeah 
But this, uh, they've they've announced this new model, uh, the the fly model. Oh, he looks great. Uh, which is is really cool. He um, looks awesome. Well, so hold on, the the fly head is optional. Yeah. Like. You could you could give him the 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 hood uh, the hooded uh, face as well. And that's which a is good, nice. That's I like, a, yeah, I like yeah, I having say, choices. And that's a good head as well. Like it's it, both of them are, are kind of horrible in their own way. Mm. Uh, I think you're gonna see the fly head more though i would imagine <laughs> um because it's it's a funky looking head and it's it's very fitting for nurgle i think we might see this model in 40k as a playcaster quite a lot as well to be fair i think my my gut instinct is this is going to be a bit like do you remember the the nurgle model model holding the axe that just was like one of the best models they've ever done and oh, one yeah. that i own that i converted into being a uh, a plague marine yep. yes i i have the same thing i have that model three times um, <laughs> it is a great model but my god did it like see over painting like every golden demon would have like six of those at them um but no, it's uh, like I and I stand by. I, I I'm not exaggerating by what I said. I genuinely think that's one of the best model. It it would make my top ten of yeah. like of Warhammer models of all time. No, I'd I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, and I think this one is is potentially has got the the, the plausibility that it might sneak up into that uh, mm. that sphere as well because there's tennis says no. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> just bet on everything from now on. Um, I think. It's it's got some nice detail on it. Uh, you've got the scrolls, the bell, the fly wings, the candles, but it's not overly detailed. Like there's there's enough space on it you can do stuff. With sure, it. yeah. Which is kind of I've uh, mentioned this before. You know, it's one of my bugbears with a lot of modern day GW models. Is they're too busy, but this mm-hmm. one is is it seems to be in a right uh, you know the right kind of place. Hit the sweet spot for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah, I look forward to see, seeing some more of that. Should we do the the next thing? Yeah, so uh, this was a bit of a surprise, but um, I like it. Um, now, uh, they, they have announced a new box set for Blood Bowl, uh, which is called Dungeon Bowl. Now, if you've been into the hobby for a while you might remember the first iteration of this dungeon bowl was originally a rule set printed in white dwarf where you could play blood bowl using tiles from warhammer quest now i actually had the issue of white dwarf where this came out i don't have it anymore obviously because i was a child then and it just got thrown out but um my god i wish i kept it uh <laughs> But um, it it's a re- it's a callback to something that I felt was a bit obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it it must have like somewhat of a following. Um, but yeah, so we've got you get a bunch of tiles. The tiles being like pretty reminiscent of original Warhammer Quest as well. Yeah, and you get two teams now. The models from each team are none of them are new. I'm looking at them right now, and they're all, like, pre-existing models, I'm pretty sure. But it's a nice repackage, and, you know, I'm assuming that there's going to... Yeah, that it looks... I'm looking at the, the photo, and it looks like they've kept a lot of the features from the original, so... Well, hang, on, hang, hang on a minute, pump, pump your brakes here, because you, you're talking about the teams, but you've glossed over something there that's... 
I don't know if it's new in Blood Bowl now, but I've not seen it. The teams are different races within the teams. Yes, so there are a couple of Blood Bowl teams that you can compose that are similar to that. I'm okay. specifically thinking of Underworld Denizens, which are like a mix of goblins, Skaven, uh, and you can put like trolls in okay. that team as well. Um, but I mean, the I teams think... we've got here, we've got ogres, uh, dwarves, and goblins on the same side. Uh, I believe they're actually Noblars. Oh, all right. Uh, he pushes and, <laughs> his glasses up his nose and then on the other side you've got Skaven and uh, Dark Elves or Drow or Druchy or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's really cool like that's that's a really interesting way to kind of mix it up because it says in the in the description every team is handpicked by a wizard from one of the eight colleges so you'll see all manner of races and positions playing for both sides so mm. you've got a lot more it sounds at least to me like you've got a lot more customization in your your team which is i think is really really cool yeah uh, it, this is probably the first time i've ever looked at something from blood bowl and gone i would play that <laughs> because i don't really yeah. like blood bowl yeah you, you spoke about blood bowl previously um but I this disagree. looks cool this is yeah. a this is a nice yeah, way yeah. to to merge the two together um and kind of still have the this to me is what blood bowls should have been in in the first place to be honest like this like the the concept of people playing actual american football in the old world has never been something i've been like that makes sense and i know it's not meant to make sense but like i I, it just never rang right with me it was it was just too dumb right to be like if it had been like a a game in a white dwarf i'd be like okay fair enough fill your boots but to be an actual release i was always like well what is going on here um but this man what like that's no, what I know. I, 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 I just like genuinely. Gen- I, I think Blood Bowl is not a, like it's not only a great game. I think it's it's possibly up there as one of the best games that Games Workshop have ever put out. And I'm not I'm not besmirching the game. I'm right, sure okay. The, the game concept, is fine. It's the concept. The concept is something that has never sat right with me. And because yeah. because the concept doesn't appeal, the rest of it is just. Is falling flat on his ass in in my mind. Right. Okay. You know, you watched I mean, me. At the, yeah. Hello. For me, for me, the, uh, like I love the fact of how stupid it is. But... I, I like the fact it's got comedy to it. That's always been the mm. one thing that I think has, has gone in its favour. But but this version of it for me, it's still ridiculous. It's arguably more ridiculous uh, in some ways. But it's it feels a bit more grounded in like. You know, it's they've got a backstory to it of these wizards bringing people from different races together, and you know, sending them into dungeons to find a ball, which is mental. Um, mm-hmm. And then them obviously fighting their way through this dungeon as well. Um, I, I don't know. It just it looks a bit more appealing to me. It's a bit more up my alley. Um, Fair enough. It, you could probably convince me to play this where you would have a much harder time with Blood Bowl. And I'm not saying Blood Bowl is not a good game. I don't want any hate mail about, you know, my opinions don't on Blood Bowl. Don't at him. Yeah. Don't, you don't can't, at You can't Tom at Manning. me anyway, because I'm not on your social media. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, it's just... It, it, it's a lot better for me. And the fact that you can mix races as well. You know, if, you, if you're really going to go in, go all in on the, the crazy and the chaotic mm-hmm. and... And this is a good way to do it. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we've got a new release for Warcry next up. We have Warcry Red Harvest. 
Um, we've got two new warbands for this. Uh, a new box set with like what uh, what looks to be completely new terrain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's much to say other than it looks neat. Uh, the, I love the leader of one of the warbands with his like four arms. Do you know? Uh, this is weird because this is going to be an episode where I'm going to be the one hyping things up because I think this is really cool. <laughs> no, it looks it, it does look good. Um, and we've got the, the so we get two warbands in here. Yep. We've got a bunch of new terrain, a ton of new terrain. Actually, like I'm looking at the photograph and it's like there's so much terrain on there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So and uh, yeah, both warbands look really cool. Yeah. Um, I I really really like this one, really like it. I think this mm-hmm. is arguably, for me, one of the best war cries that they've released. Um, I think the terrain is awesome looking. It's got a really kind of um, oh Isengard from uh, Lord of the Rings yeah, kind of vibe yeah. to it. Um, but it's it's really cool looking. The the two teams, one of them's fine. They're they're good, and that's the the sort of chaos warrior guys. The Marauder type uh, faction, mm-hmm. uh, the Darkoff Savages, I think they are. Um, but the other guys, the the Spider dudes, are amazing. Like they are. Oh, so see, nice. I, I'm all about the um, the Darkoff Savages. They they well, are they're, they're classic barbarians. Well done. I love it. <laughs> like it's they've even got they've even got a guy who looks very similar. To our hero quest guy from earlier. Ah, yeah, yeah, I see the model. You're yeah, you about. see yeah, him. Yeah, you see, see him with his big old sword, with his broad sword. Well, I guess I know who I'm splitting this box with. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to take you up on that. No, they're, um, they're I, they are nice. Don't get me wrong, but to me, they're just a bit generic. They're they're cool, okay, generic, yeah, fair. but they're 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 generic. Whereas I think the the spider guys are just really unique looking. Um, they're a bit like the the Corvus Conclave. Like I really liked them because they had a very clear aesthetic. You know the big wings and the Raven uh, iconography. Mm. These guys have got the same thing with like I like they got like the webbing all over them, mm-hmm. and they've got like this the spider mask with with the multiple eyes, and you've obviously got like their leader who's obviously got multiple limbs. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's like I'm really really torn on Warcry because. I really like it. Like it's it's had some really nice releases, some really nice bands. The yeah, and the mechanically, I think it's a great game as well. Yeah, but I've just not had the chance to play it. Yeah. Um, and this is this is one of the the the, the slight issues I have with with Games Workshop at the moment. So they're releasing so much, you just cannot keep up with it unless it is like your one hobby, and you do all of it. Like you. There is no way. Well, guess what Games Workshop want you to do? Everything. And just yeah. Games Workshop. <laughs> and, like, do you know, it's funny you say this because it's a chat that's happening in the Magic the Gathering community a lot as well is release really? fatigue. Yeah. Like, just the like the, the notion that there's so much coming out that you couldn't possibly, like, keep up with it all and yeah. get everything. And, like... I, you, it's it's not desi- I don't think it's designed for any reasonable human being to actually get everything. No, They're, like these companies are just trying to. These companies are trying to offer so much that it appeals to everyone. Yeah, it's I mean, not, in, 
in their eyes, they're they're putting all these things out and they're catering to the 40k fans, to the skirmish game fans, mm. to the Warhammer fans, to the Blood Bowl fans. The issue is there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, yeah. In that yeah. community, and if you want to be invested in in all of them, you have to be a fairly financially comfortable and b have a lot of time on your hands. And those two don't really go together that much either. No, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so we've got one more kind of uh, big one uh, for for this, and this is another Warhammer thing. But this is yeah, uh, Underworlds. Uh, it's uh, so we've got the new season of Underworlds coming out soon, Harrow Deep. We've seen the starter set for that already, and this is the first like uh, additional warband that they've revealed. And this is the name, insert name of Warband here. Yeah. Um, uh, Black Powder's Buccaneers. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so basically, this looks to be um, a pirate-themed warband led by an ogre. And we've got some uh, other, a, a couple of noblars and some creatures helping him out as well, uh, including... A terrifying monkey with a knife. That's <laughs> yeah. not an exaggeration or anything. I'm just describing what that miniature is. It is a scary-looking monkey holding a knife. In its I, tail, which is kind of cute. I, but... I do like the goblin having a peg leg. That's a, that's yeah. a nice touch. Um, yeah. And then you've got like the, the sort of attack parrot as well. Um, which is quite cool. I like that they've <laughs> they've kind of picked a theme for this, and they've very oh, much yeah. tied it into that. It's the the main guy looks cool as well. Oh, the ogre guys, yeah, he's a badass. Yeah, he's a huge sword and blunderbuss. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Like this is it's a like it's such a nice kit. Like it's so cool. The I I think to be fair, the underworld's line in general. They, they don't put out an awful lot of bad mm. um, content for that. Every single warband that I can think of is like pretty good to great. I think like, the, the strength of the Underworld's warbands is because you're doing a very small set per mm. box, you know, you're doing maybe four to five models, you can really... And they, they all kind of have their own bit of character, even the ones that are all just like kind of the same thing they always kind of yeah. give them each their own bit of flair and their bit of character um which you can't do that with you know armies and squads because there's just so much that you, yeah. you'd need to do but with these because each unit is its own thing it has its own identity they've been really really able to kind of focus on the details and really give them mm-hmm. you know that nice bit of character which i think is really good it's just it's <laughs> I could never get into Underworlds. That was that was the thing for me. I, I always I didn't hate it. Um I played it a few times and I actually enjoyed it, but it never really kinda hooked me. It's a great game. Um I couldn't keep up with it. Because you were thing. gonna you were gonna collect them all at one point, weren't you? Like uh, was... I nearly got I, I nearly got all of the first season Shade Spire. I'm I'm missing one warband basically. Right. Um, and I've painted most of it as well. Yeah, because I so I, I kind of like the fact that I've got that. Like I've just got this like self-contained little thing. That's cool. Um, but but it 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 it's designed to be a lifestyle hobby. It's designed to be similar to something like Magic: The Gathering, where mm-hmm. you are like that is what you do. That's what you focus on. And like that that's 
your main concern in terms of your your free time. Yeah. Uh, which I, I didn't have the time to devote to it, unfortunately. No, and that's I think that's fair enough. Like, you know, it's you've got as you say, you've got that that block of content at least you've got something you could play with and you've got a nice bit of choice in it are the are the old i don't know if you know this or not but i'll ask anyway are the old stuff still viable are they still like playable no uh it, so it's similarly to a game like to magic the gathering Yu-Gi-Oh and the like um they rotate out right basically is is my understanding i could be wrong on that but i thought that basically it's the last the current season and the previous season uh, war bands that you can take. Right. But it could might you still just play them the in ca- friendly games, or it, yeah, of course. Right. And it might just be the cards. Right. That might be the thing. Like I, I don't know. I don't okay. know. But but my the impression I got was that they rotate out. Okay. That's fair enough. Interesting. Yeah. And then just to round things out, we've got a couple of single models that they revealed as well. Everyone on the stream apparently got excited about uh, the reveal for Jagatai Khan mm. for um, the final uh, for Horus Heresy, the final Primarch to get a model. Um, he looks neat. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add to that? No, not really. I've no. I, I, like. I've always had sort of a very meh kind of opinion of the the Primark models, and it's not that I don't think they are stunning models, because I do think they are beautiful models. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more or less all of them are fantastic pieces, and they have a lot of character. You know, it's great to see these iconic characters from the lore brought to life. Mm-hmm. The issue I have with it is I don't know anybody that plays... Horus Heresy. Horus Heresy. Like, even when I worked, and and I'm sorry to say this, but even when I worked at Games Workshop, I could count on one hand how many people had even bought Horus Heresy miniatures, let alone play it. No, to be fair, I think it does have quite a strong following. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if that number, the number is high, but the intensity... Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's got a small but loyal following, is is probably my impression of it. I think there are a lot of people who will be buying... And it's always the case that people buy models with no intention of playing them, yeah. just to have them. I think they're, they're like for Horus Heresy, though, and the Primarchs in particular, there's, there's loads of people do that. Yeah. No, they just have them as like collector pieces, and I think that's fine. Yeah, if I bought models just to paint them and have them as set pieces, the Primarchs mm. would be gold for that. You know, they are... They're, they're literally um, icons in the in the universe, and there's there's Primarchs. I I remember when I was a kid, like I'd get off the bus home from school, and me and my mate would just stand and argue about which Primarch could beat up the other Primarchs. You know? Wow, <laughs> so nice. It was that kind so, of. So stuff. for your money, I was Lionel Johnson all the way. I was Edge Lord. Like you're the you're right. You're on the 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 side of the line. Yeah. Obviously, um, I mean the two two power armor armies i have are death guard and uh blood angels so i'm i'm inclined to uh, but the thing is the thing sanguinius just died yeah like got straight up got killed by horus so we know for a fact that he doesn't win it no because horus is in that mix as well um, and i don't have an awful lot of faith in 
<laughs> in a god oh, i can't remember his name now uh mortarian there we go mortarian going all the way no with in the primark battle no um, i think i think uh your your big your big names are the ones that are going to kind of uh get up there to the end aren't they you know they're, they're the ones that are going to sort of push through to the the last the last seed i'll uh, back lehman russ there we go I'll go with Lehman Russ. Go for Lehman Russ. I mean, Lehman Russ has got the savagery on his side. Um, exactly. Definitely. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I don't know if you ever read, like, any of the, the Horace Harris stuff or the Primark stuff. Like, every single one of them is is painted as, like, such a badass. Like, it gets to the point of, like, yeah. you know, ridiculousness. Like, I read, um, I actually read the Lehman Russ ones, and I remember when I was younger, uh, I would read all the codexes, like, religiously. Um, and like read all the backstories, you know, about mm. what the Primarchs had done and things. And they're just they're 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 fan service here, you know. They're just so powerful. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like a kid writing a, a fan fiction, you know. And then he beat all these people, and he beat these people as well, and he beat that guy. Who's that guy? He beat him too, you know. It's just it gets to ridiculous <laughs> levels. So having them kind of juke off is is ridiculous in itself. But Lionel's gonna he's gonna be the winner for me. If I, was, if, if I had to go down on it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right here. There is one last thing to talk about. And okay. They teased it in the preview and then revealed it a matter of days later, <laughs> which is a weird move. But oh, oh, all right, I'll, you do your thing, Games Workshop. We're getting, for Christmas, a new Red Gobbo miniature. Yeah, he is this. riding a squig with reindeer's horns and he's chucking a stick of dynamite painted like a christmas present and it's amazing yeah no i i always liked the christmas models they were always one of my my favorites they're, they're a bit of fun yeah Why not? yeah it's nice though because in the reveal article they actually show the original red gobbo miniature as well which still looks pretty good given that it's like 20 years old at least yeah i had that uh i had the original red gobbo because i played mm-hmm. rebel grots in uh Okay. I don't know nice. where that model ever ended up, unfortunately, which is a shame. Oh, he's nice. He's yeah. a nice model. He's a classic for a reason. Yeah. And on that note... And on that note, yes. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. And until next time, take care. Bye! Bye! Bye.